Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is... September 25th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And congratulations, everyone, who have officially made it through the 2017 offseason. We uh, didn't see too much change in the NBA, I don't think, especially toward the end there. Uh, but we are officially at the beginning of the 2017-18 Orlando Magic season. Today is media day, a festive occasion, if ever there were one. I'll be down at the Amway Center later today, and I'll have a complete recap of Media Day over on Locked On Magic, as well as Orlando Magic Daily throughout the day Monday. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll have a complete recap of Media Day, including some sound and audio from the festivities as the Orlando Magic gets set to tip off their 29th season of basketball play. Today, though, we're going to finish up an out, our Outlook series by just taking an overall outlook of the team in general. I'm going to talk about what I think the story, the main storyline is for the season up ahead, uh, as well as uh, what my expectations are for this team and uh, what, what uh, at least the beginning of what I think is going to happen. Uh, and then I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into that as well and talk about uh, some some statistics that, uh, and I'm sure I'll talk about this actually over the course of the whole thing, some statistics that uh, give you reason to be optimistic and think the best of this team, as well as some statistics that uh, make you think the worst of this team. But before I get going today, I do want to remind everyone that you can check out Locked on Magic on iTunes, Audio, Stitcher, and TuneIn, all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device, but that you can also check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by checking out Audio Boom and iTunes as well. There is a Locked On Podcast for every single uh, NBA team right now. And with all the training camps opening and with all the media days going on on Monday, now is the time to subscribe to your favorite team outside of the Orlando Magic. If you're looking for the Knicks perspective on the Carmelo Anthony trade, I highly suggest you listen to Locked On Knicks. Jared Dubin does a great job covering them. If you're interested in hearing the Thunder perspective, Locked On Thunder is your place. In addition to the Locked On NBA podcast, you can also check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On NFL Network. Look, looking for a recap of the Jaguars win over the Ravens, Locked On Jaguars has you covered. Some great podcasts across the network covering both the NBA and the NFL, so be sure to check them out, but also be sure, if you haven't already, subscribe to Locked On Magic. Get this into your inbox every single day during the NBA season. A lot to get to, though, before the NBA season kicks off, or tips off. It's, you know, we'll, we'll deal with the analogies later. But we've gone through for the last few weeks now the, uh, the, the season outlooks, taking a look at what we expect from each individual player and, and, and what this Magic team is going to look like. 
If you've listened to this show throughout the summer, I'm sure I'm going to be repeating a lot of what I've said throughout the summer as we've talked about some of the big issues facing the Magic. They all come to a head now. They all kind of, you know, you have these separate strands. You begin to weave them together now in training camp with the first practice coming up Tuesday and, uh, the, of course, media day on Monday, the kind of the first official gathering of everyone in uniform with the media the kind of unofficial beginning of the NBA season. This Magic team is in a very strange place. Last year, they won only 29 games after literally promising to make the playoffs. There is no way you can call the 2017 season a good one for the Magic. And, and as I noted this summer, it's probably one of it's certainly among the most disappointing seasons in Magic history. And I would venture to say. It might be the most disappointing season in Magic history, although I think 2011 gives it a run for its money and and 2004 for sure does as well. But it was certainly uh, among the very, very worst seasons in Magic history as well as the most frustrating. A a 29-win season was not what the team had in mind, especially coming down this winding road to a a five-year rebuild that hasn't really gotten anywhere. The Magic, of course, the day after the season ended, fired Rob Hennigan, hired a new president of basketball operations in Jeff Weltman, and began in earnest to find a way forward. You wouldn't have known that judging by the moves the Magic made. Because the Magic essentially brought back the same group. This wasn't necessarily by choice. I'm sure the Magic explored every avenue to make their team better. But somewhat by necessity... The Magic didn't have much else to go. This isn't a young team full of young players looking to rebuild and start from scratch. This is a team that had kind of found its way to to a wall, had pushed all its chips in, and boxed itself in. It had no way out. This is the team that they were married to. And again, it's, it's not that they don't have something there. I think... I forget who it was, but but a national writer said the Magic have enough NBA caliber players to be good enough not to tank, not to be among the very worst teams in the league. And that was even Drew last year. Evan Fournier is a good player. Nikola Vucevic is a good player. Alfred Payton, Aaron Gordon, they are good players. Terrence Ross is a good player. They may not be in the roles that best suit them for a winning team, but they are good players. And so the Magic found themselves kind of with the roster they had. They're capped out, so they didn't have the money to go out and try and find some way to get better. Their trade values weren't any good because a lot of their players were kind of in the first years of their new deals or still on their rookie deals. And they just did not have the ability to make the kind of dramatic improvements you might want to see if you're thinking the Magic are are in a playoffs or bust or or trying to make the playoffs. And make no bones about it here. The Orlando Magic still intend to fight and try and make the playoffs. They may be tempering expectations after last year's failure and kind of getting laughed out of the gym. But this is a team that wants to believe it can make a postseason push next season. 
The ability to do that, though, is dependent on a lot of things. A lot of question marks. Will Aaron Gordon reach consistency? Can Alfred Payton be a consi- can be a consistent player? Can Evan Fournier bounce back to his efficient levels from 2016? Can Nikola Vucevic bounce back? Did the Magic really improve their bench? Those are all huge questions for the Magic. And on top of all this, they don't have top-end talent. They don't have a guy that you can clearly point to and say, that's the best player on the team. We'd like to think it's Aaron Gordon. We kind of hope, I mean, I think Magic fans hope it's Aaron Gordon. But nobody really knows. This team's going to struggle on offense still. They don't have a lot of shooting. They don't look like a modern NBA team quite yet. They're getting there, but they don't quite look like it yet. And Orlando still has to deal with a lot of question marks. A lot of issues. On both ends of the floor. Seemingly at every turn of the roster. And so while I think the expectation is for the Magic to make the play, or not necessarily to make the playoffs, the expectation is for the Magic to compete for the playoffs. This team is not going to turn around and tank. At least not at the start. That's not the intention. It's not like they have young players who are clamoring for playing time that aren't going to get playing time. Outside of probably Mario Azonia, all their young guys are going to get plenty of time on the court. And so the question then for the Magic is, how, how do they measure success this year? As I've often said on this show, I view this season as a no-lose season. Jeff Weltman comes in with a blank slate. He has some of the puzzle pieces in front of him. He just doesn't know whether they fit the actual picture he's trying to build. He may not even know the picture he's trying to build quite yet. At this point, he just wants to see what he has and, yes, probably let some contracts go another year. So if the Magic win, which I do think is a good thing, I think winning is an end in itself. If the Magic win, if they make the playoffs, or even if they compete for the playoffs and fall a little bit short, that will give the Magic plenty of information about who can, what can work with this team, who is worth keeping, and who it's time to move on from. Not only that, I think a playoff run, whether they make it or not, does increase the value of some of their players. The reason Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic and Alfred Payton aren't well thought of in the National Riders' top 100 lists is because they're on losing teams. In a certain way, they all disappointed last year. And so a big part of it, of restoring their value, their trade value, is putting them back into winning environments and going through those battles. I think feeling the pressure of having to win was the one piece of development that was missing for the last five years. As we all... As, as a lot of us noted, the Magic in 2016, summer of 2016, were not ready 
for the free agents that would push them over the top. They didn't have the base to begin with. And so while it's clear that the Magic need to change, they can't run this roster back and expect to immediately win 50 games. That's not the kind of team they have. The Magic certainly should feel like they can run this roster back and get back to the 35-win team, I would I would hope. I would hope that would be a manageable goal. And at 35 wins, maybe that's enough in this weakened Eastern Conference. There is opportunity there in a bad Eastern Conference to, to fight for that opportunity. This Magic team is relying on a lot of things going right to meet that level of success, to get to that 35, 36, 37 win mark. There was a lot of good at the end of last season. There's also quite a fair bit to be concerned about. I'll talk about both in just a moment. It's hard to know what was real and what wasn't at the end of last season. Who is this real magic team? And so for me, because this is a no-lose season, because there is, to me, there is literally no bad result. At least for the long-term planning of this team. Because all information is good information. Because of that, I think the most important goal for the Magic is not a win total. It's not to hit 38 wins. It's not to make or miss the playoffs. It's not even to get a high lottery pick. The results of the season will play out. The main goal for the Magic this season is to provide the franchise, to provide Jeff Weltman, a clear path forward. I've often said on this show that this season is about restoring hope to the Magic fan base. Or or not even restoring hope, restoring confidence that this team is going in a better direction. Following the 35-win season two years ago in 2016, everyone believed the team was going in a better direction. It, to some extent, allowed some of us to give Rob Hennigan the benefit of the doubt. When they traded Victor Oladipo for Serge Ibaka, we all were saying, when is Oladipo going to make the star star leap? He didn't. They went out and got Ibaka, a guy that a lot of Magic fans thought the Magic needed next to Nikola Vucevic to, to make him a better player. That ended up not being the case. And some of his other moves didn't pan out. Rob Hennigan kind of got rid of all his goodwill from the Tobias Harris trade on. But it always seemed, until that Tobias Harris trade, that there was a path forward. Sure, the Magic were 19 and 13 and completely collapsed in January. But it there was something there. Something worked. And it was just about finding it again. The Magic never got that opportunity to do that. To make the little tweaks to that roster. Said they took a sledgehammer to it. That's not necessarily the place that Jeff Weltman's in right now. Right now, the Magic, and I think I, I truly believe this, the goal for 2018 is to create a clear path forward. 
whether that's Aaron Gordon taking a huge leap and looking like the star some of us believe he can be, whether that's Evan Fournier asserting himself and finding efficiency again, or whether that's just it all falling apart and collapsing, giving the Magic that chance at a high lottery pick, and again, that path forward. Even if that means they let Gordon and Peyton walk. Even if that means they trade Vucevic for something. That provides a clear path forward. And so to me, that's what's at stake this season. Is the Magic have to begin establishing some type of identity if they're going to keep this team together, which it does appear they're going to and kind of have to. But more than that... They need to give fans something to look forward to. Something they can build on. Something they can hope on. Something they can invest their time and yeah, invest their money in. And if they can do that, if the Magic can provide that, whether it be Jonathan Isaac, whether it be Aaron Gordon, whoever it is, whatever it is, if the Magic can provide that little bit of hope and belief again, this will be a successful season. There are going to be ups and downs with this team. This is still this is a team that even Frank Vogel at this point in the season in an interview with both John Denton of OrlandoMagic.com and Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel admitted it's a season that's going to they're going to have their work cut out for them if they're going to make the playoffs. And they're trying to become this fast-paced team that they were at the end of last season. There's still a lot of work for this group to do. No one's confusing them for a surefire playoff team yet. And I wouldn't I wouldn't even predict them to make the playoffs yet right now. You know, if I had to guess, I'd say the Magic are probably in that in the 32 to 35 win range. And I don't think that's enough. But again, that number doesn't matter. So much as when you watch this team, do you see a future for the Orlando Magic? And that's the question that we'll be keeping an eye on and exploring throughout this 2018 season as it gets set to begin. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Like I said, there are a number of ways to break down this season and a number of ways to take a look at things. Uh, and I, I thought it was interesting to look back at the 2017-18 season and, and try and find reasons to be optimistic and, and reasons maybe to be a little bit skeptical about this team. Uh, as, as I've kind of told everyone, I think there's cautious optimism about this team. I think that there's um, a reason to believe that this group can take a step forward, as well as plenty of reasons to believe that they're just kind of muddled back where they were last year. And if, if they do that, you know, maybe that means they should be investing in a high draft pick. I mean... As, as I think you can look at the at the standings now, um, or at the potential teams that'll be going in the East, I think there are 
probably three or four teams that are clearly worse than the Magic. The Hawks, certainly. The Bulls, certainly. Um, I think the Nets probably still aren't there yet, um, although they, they could surprise. I'm, I'm not sold on, on Brooklyn at all. Um, you know, I think New York probably downgraded themselves, but we'll see what Porzingis can do. You know, there's there's a, there's an a, like kind of a, an a, a amorphous group that no one really knows, and they're gonna one of them is gonna grab the eight seed um, between Philadelphia, Detroit, uh, Indiana, Orlando. Uh, well, who am I? I'm missing someone here. Um, yeah, yeah, New York maybe. Those teams, one of those teams is gonna grab the eight seed, in my opinion. And I don't know which one it, it, it's gonna be. So that there is something to play for here. But there are things that I look at and say, you know, this, there is something here that, that works. And, and the big one that I always point to is the starting lineup last season. The starting lineup to end last season had a net rating of plus 1.4, whether you had Nikola Vucevic or Bismack Biombo in that starting lineup. The defense was terrible, gave up about 110 points per 100 possessions, but the offense scored 112 points per 100 possessions. Evan Fournier's efficiency shot back up. Alfred Payton was getting a triple-double seemingly every night or flirting with one every single night. Aaron Gordon looked like a guy who's ready to take a, a big step and a big leap in his game. And I, I use that term, of course, literally sometimes. The Orlando Magic starting lineup to end last season worked. There is no getting around it. Uh, and 410 possessions, that is a significant amount of time together. Not 410 possessions, I'm sorry. 410 minutes That was a, a really big step forward for that team because a, a positive net rating over the course of an entire season, essentially, that means you're a 500 basketball team or an above 500 basketball team. A zero net rating means you're about a 41-win team. So if the starting lineup was playing that well, they're playing at about a 42, 43, 44-win mark. That should be a good thing. And that's why I, I've had a lot of people ask me, why do you think the Magic should keep the same starting lineup? Shouldn't they take Terrence Ross off the bench, start Simmons? Shouldn't they do this, this, that, or the other thing? I'm like, no. There, there, there is enough evidence for me to say that this starting lineup works. The positive net rating says it works. The problem last year was the bench. As Corey Hudson of Orlando Pinstripe Post liked to tell, tell me you know, when, we were, when we were chatting in, in, in the Amway Center, if the Magic just had a halfway decent bench they would have been a better team. <laughs> they might have stolen a few wins. So the Magic spent a lot of their offseason this year working on their bench. You know, I, I think the bench unit of Shelvin Mack, Jonathan Simmons, uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Aflalo, and Bismack Biombo is significant, is, is pretty significantly better than what they had last year. There are questions, and I'll get to them in a moment, but it's... It, feels like a better unit. And so if the Magic can replicate anything that they did from their starting lineup at the end of last season, they'll be in a better place. And I think a lot of the hope and a lot of the optimism about this Magic team comes from what Aaron Gordon did to end last season. I've been on the Aaron Gordon train for a while. I am admittedly high on him. I I, I got into a little bit of a, of, of a Twitter argument with people on Friday about the, the setbacks 25 under 20, 25. Um, essentially, at the step back, a panel of 20 of us uh, that write for the step back uh, pretty much gave a, a number value 1 through 10 to each player under 25 on what their impact would be this season. Aaron Gordon finished 27th. Um, 
regard, I mean, that, that got Magic fans a little ticked off, and, and I understand that, that it would. Um, I was on that panel. I gave him an 8. I was among the highest scores for the, for him. I think Gordon is set for a big season, and a big reason for that is because he played so well at the end of last season. 16.4 points per game. Got his field goal percentage back up over 50. That was the Aaron Gordon we wanted to see. And you take that and add in the fact that, you know, for once, I haven't heard any news of anything. For once, he made it through an entire NBA summer healthy. He's got the same coach for consecutive years for the first time in his career. This is a guy that I think is due for a big breakout. I think, I mean, if Gordon's going to break out, it's got to be now. There's no excuses for him now. He's going to get, if he gets, he's going to get through training camp. He made it through the summer healthy. The guy works hard. I know that. Now he's got to put all those skills to use on the court. He's had a chance, a summer finally, to develop all his skills. Um, and, and, and he knows the expectations for him, and he knows what, what, what he's doing now. I think that this is a big opportunity for Aaron Gordon, and I expect that scoring number to, to creep up again. I, honestly, I expect Aaron Gordon to be the best player on the Magic. And so I'm expecting big things from Aaron Gordon, and so I think that his scoring to end the season last year was a huge positive, as was Alfred Payton's stat line. 13.5 points, 7 rebounds, 8.4 assists per game, 50.8% shooting uh, after the All-Star break last year. I think he uh, you know, took a big step up. The question with him, of course, is about his defense more than anything else, but he showed that even though teams don't respect his shot very much, he can get into the paint and create havoc. And create for others, and it made the magic a lot better. Um, it, it's it, you know I think the coaching continuity is a big thing too. There is plenty of reason to believe the Orlando Magic can can maintain some of these statistics uh, and 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 grow from them. I think Gordon has definite growth potential, and so it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, you know I don't expect the starting lineup to be the same the entire season, but I think that there's plenty of evidence to show that that starting lineup works that they play well off each other, and if they play at the same level they played last year and get a little bit more support from the bench, they certainly can and will improve. On the flip side, there is plenty to suggest that the Magic may not be about to take a huge leap in, in a lot of ways. The, the biggest one is uh, this, this statistic called Pythagorean wins. Pythagorean wins essentially takes a look more at your score differential uh, to, to predict or, or project how many wins your statistical profile suggests you should have. And it, it focuses mainly on, on point differential, at least the formula that basketball reference uses. While the Orlando Magic, you know, had a disappointing season at 29 wins, the Pythagorean wins formula suggests it could have been much, much worse. The Magic actually last year had the largest differential between their actual wins and their Pythagorean wins. The Magic had 24 Pythagorean wins last year. So they actually won five more games than they were supposed to. Now, I would argue, and, and I, I would probably have a decent argument that, at this, the Magic lost an inordinate amount of games by 30 points. I think they lost six games by 30 or more points last year. That, to me, creates a lot of noise in these numbers because essentially it's saying, you know, essentially that a 30-point loss, no matter where it comes, weighs you down a lot. And so, you know, yes, the Magic lost those games, and yes, that that that, that was very concerning. I mean, I, I think 
I said at certain points that that, that 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 was more concerning than anything else. Losing by 30 points is unacceptable in the NBA. You can lose by 20 on occasion, you have a bad night, whatever. But you can't lose by 30 points multiple times. And But even when you just isolate how the Magic played after the All-Star break, even when you just isolate their post-All-Star break and run it through the Pythagorean wins formula, the Magic won only seven games. Seven Pythagorean wins. They won eight actual games after the All-Star break. How much of that was the bench, which, as I as I know plenty of times, the Magic probably had the worst bench in the league after the All-Star break. So how much of that was the bench with the, since the Sardis played so well? I don't know. There is some noise and some, re, some, some areas that you can explain what happened. But, you know, there are plenty of people who are, who are out there saying... The Magic will be a better team this year, but they may not win as many games. And they have numbers to back them up on that. It's going to be real interesting to see how the Magic play and and, and if they can avoid some of these massive blowouts because even after the All-Star break, they got beat by 30 points plenty of times. I think two or three times after the All-Star break out out of 24 games, they got beat by 30 or more points. That has to change. So too does their defense. As I noted, their offensive rating after the All-Star break with their uh, starting unit especially was very, very good. 112 points per 100 possessions. They still only had a plus 1.4 net rating, and that's because their defense after the All-Star break was very bad. They had a 109.9 defensive rating after the All-Star break, according to NBA.com. This is very concerning because this team is still going to struggle offensively. I don't think there's any way around it. They don't have the shooting, and even though that starting lineup played very well, I don't know how sustainable that is. So this team has to be better on the defensive end. They've got the players who can be good defensively between Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton for sure. Now they got Jonathan Simmons and, and Bismack Biombo, of course. Jonathan Isaac as well. They've got good individual defenders but they've got to become a better defensive team overall. Part of the problem, I think, after the All-Star break was there just wasn't enough time to practice defense, especially since the Magic changed their offensive style entirely. Moving Aaron Gordon to power forward changes everything for them, changed everything for them. So now I think Frank Vogel's had a summer to plan things out, both offense and defense, and they'll have a training camp to drill their defensive rules in again. I think that will make a huge difference for the Magic this year. Uh, and so I think I do expect to see that defensive number improve. How much will it improve? I don't know. That's the big question. And I think that's a, a huge question for the Magic to, to ask and a huge question for the Magic to answer this year. As I noted, the Magic had the worst bench differential in the league, but I think an even bigger problem for the Magic is the number of players for the team that seem to have down years shooting the ball. Terrence Ross had a shot 34.1% with the Magic last year from beyond the arc. Evan Fournier, who has been a comfortable 38% three-point shooter, was at about 35% last year. The Magic still have a spacing problem. I don't think they resolve that. They don't have a guy that can really take anyone off the dribble, uh, and and I don't think a lot of teams will respect the Magic's three-point shooting this year. The Magic need Evan Fournier to get back to efficiency. They need Terrence Ross to be a legitimate threat from beyond the arc. And so these dips in three-point percentage from several players is very concerning because the Magic have to find a way to get open three-pointers. 
The Magic certainly took a little few more three-pointers after the All-Star break, but it really wasn't a significant amount. And so the Magic have to take those steps and in, make these improvements if they want to have the kind of season that they want to have this year. Like I said, there are plenty of reasons to be concerned that even all the stuff that was positive after the All-Star break wasn't real or wasn't sustainable because it was 24 games is not a small sample size by any means, but obviously there were still some issues that needed to be worked out. And the Magic, I think, you know, they told anyone that would listen that they improved after the All-Star break, and I tend to agree. The question is, what can you do sustainably over an 82-game season? And I think that's the big question that, that faced the Magic this year and faced trying to figure out who this team is. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Media Day is finally here. We'll have a complete recap of Media Day on tomorrow's episode as I'll be down at the Amway Center all day on Monday getting set for the 2018 NBA season. It's finally here. The offseason's fun. I love the offseason, but let's get to some basketball. I watched the Lynx and the Sparks play game one of the WNBA Finals. It's a fantastic game. Watch game two on Tuesday, please. It's on ESPN2 at 8 p.m., uh, but I am ready to watch some basketball, and basketball is good. Basketball is the best. It is simply the best. It's the best. And so I'm excited to have Magic Basketball back in my life. We're actually only a week away, week from Tuesday, the Magic take on the Memphis Grizzlies in their preseason opener. So mark your calendars for that because we'll have games coming pretty, pretty soon. But let's get through training camp first. We'll have coverage of that all over here on Locked On Magic. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic for companion articles and the latest on the Orlando Magic. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd For updates from Orlando Magic Media Day, be sure to check out Orlando Magic Daily on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That's going to do it for me. I want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.